Hey there, thanks for joining us here at Compass Church, where we are making God accessible to everyone. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us as a church, head over to our website, compassbn.com. We hope this inspires you and gives you practical ways to live out your faith. Enjoy the message. Well, hey there. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Over the last couple of months, we've been in a message series about the Beatitudes, where Jesus gives us eight different directions for those who would be blessed. Now, Jesus, when he was speaking, he was talking to everybody that could hear him. And what he had to say can actually apply in all kinds of areas of our lives. In our homes, you know, we can, how can I create and live in a blessed household? Our, our workplaces, how can I be a blessing every day when I walk into the office? And of course, I mean, personally, we can ask ourselves, you know, how can I live a life that, that Jesus would consider to be blessed? And today, the beatitude that we're going to be looking at is one of the last ones that Jesus mentions, and it's all about one thing, peace. And I've actually been thinking a lot about peace recently. Um, Becky and I are expecting our first son to be born here in just a matter of a week or two, which is crazy. Um, and it feels like all anybody has to say about it is how excited they are and how tired and exhausted and sleep deprived that we're going to be after he gets here. And I'm like, well, you say you're excited, but you don't make it sound that exciting. Uh, but it certainly doesn't sound peaceful either. You know, am, am I going to have peace after our son is born? And I mean, way beyond that, I mean, is peace even a real thing that we can experience after the last, you know, 16, 18 months that we've had? After the murder of innocent people of color, is there peace? After an election season that tears family and friends apart, is there peace? After three million people die from a pandemic, after two mass shootings in the last week, is there peace? Is peace even real anymore? I know it is, but sometimes it can just feel so far away. So let's look at what Jesus says about peace in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. He says this, he says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Now, when Jesus said blessed are the peacemakers, there's actually two words from the original language that are translated as peace here. Um, the Greek word is irene, and the Hebrew word is shalom. And for years, the word shalom has been used as a very well-known greeting. The original word for peace, it actually means a little bit more than what we mean when we say peace in English. Shalom, peace shalom means, you know, way more than just the absence of bad. It means, you know, I, I wish you the highest good as well. So when Jesus is saying this and he says, blessed are the peacemakers, he doesn't just mean, I want your life to be bad free. No, he also means, I want you to have the highest good. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And when Jesus said this, by the way, just like all the other Beatitudes, I mean, the audience would have been shocked. These were countercultural statements, very much so, because everyone there, they would have been raised with the mindset of an eye for an eye or a tooth for a tooth. You know, someone hits you, you hit them back. 
Someone steals something from you, you steal something from them. And, and what Jesus was saying when he said this was, was just radical. Blessed are the peacemakers. Jesus was saying that there is a higher calling for those of you that want to follow me. Now, if you'll notice also when Jesus says this, what he says is blessed are the peacemakers. He did not say blessed are the peacekeepers. And I think there's a pretty big difference. Peacekeepers often avoid conflict to keep the peace. They're not, gonna, they're not gonna work through the issues, they're gonna kind of work around the issues just to make sure that the peace is kept. And so we kind of get in this place where we're like, oh, you know, let's just make a truce. You know, let's not talk about it. We'll just get together at church, smile, wave, act like we get along, even though we know there's tension behind the scenes, but I'm happy here because we're at church, you know, no fighting allowed. <laughs> but then what happens? What, days, hours, weeks go by, something sets someone off, and whether it's from texting or on Facebook or whatever, people are fighting, I'm sick of you, I'm sick of this, how'd you do this, why'd you do that? And everybody's like, where the heck did that come from? <laughs> and I'll, I'll tell you where it came from. It came from dozens of unresolved issues along the way in the name of keeping peace. But Jesus didn't say blessed are the peacekeepers. He said, blessed are the peacemakers. So my next question is, well, what's a peacemaker? What does a peacemaker do? And I think a peacemaker embraces conflict to get to peace. We're not gonna work around the issues, we're gonna work on the issues, work through them. And I believe with the help of the Prince of Peace, Jesus, that there can be peace in our homes, in our offices, in our lives, and in our world. Which brings me to my main point today. Followers of Jesus don't just keep the peace, we make it. And Paul, the Apostle Paul, actually wrote something that I think speaks very clearly to this topic. Listen to what he has to say in Romans chapter 12. He says this, he says, never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. And for those of you going, sitting back and man, like, man, I wish that they would hear this, you know, so-and-so or my wife or my husband. No, you let God speak to you. And just like Paul says, do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Don't be concerned with the people around you. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. So here's the real question that I have today. If we're going to be peacemakers and not just peacekeepers, what do we need to do? What do you and I need to do so that we can make peace? Well, I've made it easy for you today, and today would be a great day to take notes because I have three things for us to do to make peace today. And the first one is this. Number one, they tell the truth in love. They tell the truth in love. Ephesians 4.15 says this, says, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. 
Because you and I want to be making peace, not just keeping it, we're going to tell the truth in love. And notice, it, it doesn't say yell the truth in love, right? You know, you always leave your clothes out here. You always do this. No, that's yelling. That's not in love. We tell the truth in love. That's what peacemakers do. Back when I was in Bible college, I actually took one course on counseling. Not a counselor. Don't remember much about it. What I do remember are two things. First, tell the truth in love during non-conflict times. That's when we work on important issues. Not when someone's, you know, throwing a shoe at you or yelling at you because they're angry. No, that is not the time to work on issues, okay? We work on them during a non-conflict time. And the second thing I remember is this, is that we attack the issue, never the person. We confront the issue, never the person. Non-conflict times, and then confront the issue, not the person. Honestly, uh, I am not the best at these. I definitely could use some improvement here. Uh, for me, I don't particularly mind when the conflict is being resolved. I just want it to be resolved. So if you ask my wife, please don't. <laughs> She'll be the first one to tell you uh, that when we're in a conflict, I tend to just keep going and going and going, digging myself into a hole, trying to resolve the conflict. I think what I'm doing is helping the situation, you know, trying to get us one step closer to resolution. But in reality, I am only making it worse. My attempt to tell the truth in love, honestly, can look a lot more like yelling the truth, period. So I'm speaking to myself here just as much as I am to you. The first thing that peacemakers do is tell the truth in love. Number two, here's the second thing that peacemakers do. Peacemakers, they apologize when they're wrong. We apologize when we're wrong if we want to make peace. James writes this in James chapter 5. He says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you might be healed. Think with me for a moment about this. What do you think our relationships would look like if when we were wrong, we confessed it. We said, I am so sorry. You know, what I did was wrong. Will you please forgive me? And then you prayed together. Seriously, can you imagine how incredibly different our relationships would be if we owned our own sins, confessed them, and then prayed together? If we want to be peacemakers, and as followers of Jesus, we're called to be, this is what we should be doing. We apologize when we're wrong. So how do we do that? How do we apologize? Because honestly, that can be hard for a lot of us. We admit to specific actions without excuses. I'll say that again. We admit to specific actions without excuses. We say, here's what I did, no excuses. You don't dare say, you know, I'm so sorry. I looked at something inappropriate, but if you would have been meeting my needs, you know, you wouldn't have driven me to do that, okay? That is not an apology. That's pathetic. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry you got your feelings hurt, you big old baby. That is not an apology, okay? To make peace, we apologize for specifics. I am so sorry that I belittled you in front of your friends. I have no excuse for that. I was wrong. 
and I'm really sorry. I didn't consider you. You know, I should have called when I was late. I can see why you were so worried. I'm sorry that I dropped the cat off the roof. I, I just wanted to see if he'd land on all four legs. You know, he did, but you know, I shouldn't have done it. I obviously was joking about that one, I, but I'm sure somebody has done that, right? Surely, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, there's a big difference, you know, and don't miss this, between remorse and repentance, a big one. And so often we stop at remorse. We just, just kind of like, you know, we're like, ah, I'm sorry, you know, I got caught. You know, that's kind of why people say sorry, or I'm, I'm sorry that this is so hard for us. You know, I'm sorry that, that you got your feelings hurt. That's, that's just remorse. But, but repentance is, is totally different. And I think that's what Jesus is talking about. You know, repentance says, I was wrong. I sinned. I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? And when you sin, you know, you don't just stop with, I'm sorry. I'm sorry is for mistakes. Will you forgive me is for sin. You know, I'm sorry I left the toilet seat up. That's a mistake. But will you forgive me for deceiving you? That's a sin. We don't stop at I'm sorry. You know, when you've actually sinned against someone, you ask, will you please forgive me? And remember, followers of Jesus, we don't just keep the peace, we make it. And so far, what do peacemakers do? What are the two things we've talked about? First, we tell the truth in love. And second, we apologize when we're wrong. And finally, number three, what do peacemakers do? And don't miss this. Peacemakers forgive and let go. Peacemakers forgive and let go. And, and let me just walk into this gently for a moment, because at this point, I know that for a lot of us, there is a tremendous amount of pain. And some of us were like, well, you know, you have your pastor life with your pastor problems, but in the real world, you don't know what I've been through. And I just want to say, I mean, maybe I have, maybe I haven't been through what you've been through. But what I do understand is that, is that betrayal is very difficult to forgive. I, I get that. Some of you, your spouse betrayed you, maybe multiple times. And you think, how could I ever forgive them? I know that for some of you, you've, you've got someone that you trusted with everything you had. And what they do, they lied and they deceived you and they left you in a really hard place. And that is very difficult to forgive. I know that there are those of you, many of us, who have, who have you know, had someone in our lives who, who they should have protected us, but then that person took advantage of you, abused you. And you're like, how in the world would I ever forgive that? I don't, I don't even want to. How do I forgive when I don't even want to? And I'm not going to tell you that it's easy, but I will tell you that it's possible. And it's incredibly important as followers of Jesus, especially as we're striving after making peace. And thankfully, the Bible, it tells us how to do this. It tells us in Colossians, when Paul says this, he says, bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. So how do we forgive something that seems unforgivable? Paul said it this way. He says, we forgive as the Lord forgave you. I want to ask you a question really quick. Has the Lord forgiven a lot of you? 
He says, man, I, I don't know about you, but he's forgiven me a ton. You know, has the Lord forgiven you freely, even though you didn't deserve it and you could never earn it? That is how we're called to forgive, to freely forgive as we've been forgiven. That's what followers of Jesus do. And when we act like Christ and we forgive and when we act like him and we show mercy and when we act like him and we make peace, we are called children of God. Because of DNA and genes, when we're going to see our son here in a couple weeks, he's going to look at least a little bit like me. If he's lucky, he's going to look more like Becky and less like me, but he's going to look a little bit like me. And guess what? When we make peace and when we do everything possible to live at peace with everyone, and when we even take it one step further and let someone hurt us and freely forgive them, guess who we look like? We look like Jesus created in his image. Followers of Jesus, we don't just keep peace, we make it. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. I don't want our church to be filled with people who avoid conflict, people that just work around issues to help keep the peace. I want our church to be filled with peacemakers, followers of Jesus who embrace conflict to get to peace. People who are not going to work around the issues, but work on the issues and work through the issues. Followers of Jesus don't just keep the peace. We make it. And peace is possible in your life and in our world when we decide to make it. So let's be intentional this week to go and make peace wherever we are by telling the truth in love, by apologizing when we're wrong, and by forgiving and letting go. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Thanks again for joining us today. If you want to learn more about us as a church, get connected, need prayer, or anything else at all, head over to our website, compassbn.com.